Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Creativity in Play. I'm Steve Melber. And I'm Anne O'Reilly. You can find us online and be notified of future shows at creativityandplay.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Creativity Play and download our text editions on iTunes. We have a very special show today on Creativity and Play because we're turning the table and interviewing our co-host, our usual co-host, Mary Alice Long, and we welcome our guest host, Anne O'Reilly, from Dublin today. So, Anne, first of all, thank you for being with us, and, and welcome back. You, you've also been on the other side of the table. That's right, but uh, not used to being the, the interviewer, but looking forward to it, Steve and Mary Alice. Well, thanks. Well, we're going to talk to Mary Alice today about two of her latest projects, the Archival Memoir Project and the Active Dreaming Workshops. She'll be performing her personal archival memoir at the Ridgefield Library in Connecticut on October 28th and leading an archival memoir project workshop in Farmington, Connecticut on October 31st, and finally leading an active dreaming workshop in New Milford, Connecticut on November 1st. You can find out more about all these events at appliedimagination.org, and we hope you will join us in person to meet the people, Mary Alice and myself, uh, behind the Creativity and Play show. It's, It's rare that we actually get to be together in person physically, so we're glad to be doing that next week. Mary Alice is a play-based, depth-oriented consultant, writer, speaker, and performer. She earned a doctorate in clinical psychology with an emphasis in depth psychology from the Pacifica Graduate Institute, and she's the founder and creator of Play Equals Peace, and she facilitates Heike Somo Dynamics programs with Betsy Wetzig, who's also been a, a guest of ours. Mary Alice's archival memoir project includes performances, images, and a written memoir, I Would Have Named Him Peter, Create a Life That Comes from the Heart. Mary Alice Lung, welcome to the interviewee side of Creativity and Play. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Anne. And thank you to all our regular and new listeners to Creativity and Play. I just wrote or did a little post this morning saying we have a rich collection of guests, who have, including Anne, who have spoken about the, our very human imagination, play, and creativity. And um, I'm just glad to be here. Woohoo! Excellent. I don't think I don't think you and I have done this since the very first episode where we interviewed each other. So perhaps it's a should be a reoccurring occasional theme that we do together. Yeah, uh, that's right. Well, we're looking forward to what you're coming to Connecticut to do um, next week. And um, as we said, uh, one piece of it is is called the Archival Memoir Project, but it which is a, a broader project we'll, we'll uh, talk about in a moment, but it's really based in your own story and your own memoir experience um, about the birth of your surrogate son in 1987. So tell us, tell us where your own piece of this came from, the archival memoir of your, of your own that you'll be performing when you're here in Connecticut, and, and then we'll talk a little more after that about 
how this fits into a, a bigger project. Sure. I'm mindful that we have our inter- <laughs> the interviews are are long but short. So <laughs> long in this case because I'm doing it. Um but you know I um I would I've been this has been an ongoing project since um well, probably long before I became a uh, surrogate mother, but definitely um, that was this, you know, a, a, a seed, the core event that led to uh, the work that I do now in play and helping people to find the value and importance of play. And I gave birth in 1987 to a baby boy and gave that my my surrogate son, my biological son, to a couple. And when I went home, I found myself um, depressed, but on the other side of that, aware that what I really wanted to give birth to was not a baby, although that was a great gift to give somebody, a remarkable gift, really, but it was play and creativity, and that there was just so much more coming down in the postpartum of my life. And then down the road... I started having dreams, and I always paid attention to my dreams since I can remember when. And they started to say, yeah, you're doing this memoir, and it's very dear to you and important and um, helping you to understand what your call is in life, but you're called to share this with others and to bring them in. And so... Um, and to share their own memoir experiences and the archives and collections and treasures from their from each unique story that's out there. We have a lot of archive collections that are beautiful. Uh, we have like StoryCorps on NPR, for instance, and a lot of collection of poetry and and so forth. But we don't have. Uh, it, well, we we don't have often is we have very important people out there who shine, and we see theirs many times, but we don't see the everyday person, and we don't necessarily can be we're not necessarily able to connect those collections with each other in the way that I'd like to see it, um, and so that's where I currently the project is at, and I'm performing about my own personal story in a series of performances and highlighting now, workshopping, helping people to find their own projects. And again, your performance aspect of this, a lot of people would associate memoir with a written memoir of which you you have a component, um, as we said in the intro, but the performance piece is is a another way of of trying to tap into and collect and share one's story. Um, so you you brought images and and movement and dance in with the written piece, correct? And that's what you'll be performing when you're here. Yes. Well, I'm I as it's a series and it's ongoing, so it's being co-created constantly. But what I have in my mind's eye right now is to bring in letters, dreams, parts of the um, book that's uh, forthcoming, um, the manuscript um, writing, and uh, images and story through dance and storytelling. So, 
Gosh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, I'm just struck by um, what I'm hearing, you know, in your own story there. Um, so there's your your actual experience of giving birth um, and then the kind of other inner journey that's going on at the same time and you start listening. So it's like the inner and outer in yourself um, are already in dialogue and then you bring it forth into... Um, you know, uh, a project that has to be brought further out into the world so that the hidden stories perhaps of other people like individuals that aren't necessarily very important or well-known will come out into the world and be expressed in some way. I just hear that lovely kind of inner-outer dialogue going on just for yourself and then for others so that if you do this dialogue and put it out there that it will be inspiring to other people perhaps, yeah, to do the same kind of thing? Yes, and um, all of that. But, you know, when we hear, when we listen to other people's story or we listen to a poem, it becomes our poem and our story. Yeah. Yeah. And we, yes, and we we can move forward in our own way from and recreate that story and and it's recreated and recreated and recreated. So, and not only that, it's um, each of those poems and stories, whether they're written by our own hand or somebody else becomes, um, it is a personal story that we take in and we reflect upon. And then, but it's also collective and communal because Jung, even Carl Jung, um, importantly, uh, said that we are not alone. You know, many people have said, many, most of our spiritual leaders, if not all of them, are playful be- were pay- playful beings, and Carl Jung being one of those playful beings who understood that we play with each other. We are not alone. And so, um, when you look at this, any kind of any kind of story that has meaning for us, um, we take it on the road. We take it. We sh- we hopefully then, and this is one of my missions to help people share their story or understand the importance of sharing their story and taking action, moving from the dream, moving from the story to action, to doing yeah. something yeah. meaningful and purposeful. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's sort of creating and being recreated by that kind of telling and sharing of the story in in context with other people. You know, I just hear that creating and you recreate aspects of yourself, I suppose, or you you see yourself reflected back to you perhaps in new ways that enables you to move in a new way. Am I, am I, am I, am I in the right, uh, on the right track there? Just, you know. Yes, you are. And we all are—we're um, all unique beings, and we we have different ways that we move in the world. And um, our stories help us to understand each other mm-hmm. in these multi-level ways. And I also believe we dream—we dream at night, we dream in, in our waking lives. So the dream goes on and on and on, and then we we connect in those different dream veils, if you will, those different dream states. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> Lots of play that we can understand each other. That's probably, I mean, as I write, and now I'm thinking about this this larger vision, it's, it's um, you know, I have to be uh, patient with my play because there is a lot, there's a lot of different avenues, especially when you look at digital 
I mean, what we can do digitally, and I know Steve would go, what could go wild about this part, but how we can connect that in those virtual ways as well as in-person ways that mm-hmm. we, we're doing right now. We're, we're communicating through the wavelengths rather than in person, but we're in the room together and we can have meaningful conversations here as well as in person. We are speaking with Mary Alice Long today about her archival memoir project and her active dreaming workshops, and we're joined by our guest host, Ann O'Reilly, from Dublin today. And uh, we're, you, you've given us enough a nice segue, Mary Alice, into uh, our other topic of, of talking about dreams and active dreaming today. Um, as we mentioned, you'll be also doing a workshop on active dreaming while you're here in Connecticut next week on November 1st. And... Um, that's another big, big piece of your work that you do around play and imagination and dreams and all of these intersections, as you've already been alluding to in, in our conversation about the Archival Memoir Project. Um, t- tell us about active dreaming. What is it? You know, sometimes people are looking for explicit um, interpretation of their dreams or images in their dreams, and, and that I don't think necessarily is, is exactly what you're doing, but how, how do you help others um, explore and play with their dreams and, and try to take meaning and action from it, as, as you've said earlier with the Archival Memoir Project as well. So, that's mm. a dream. Mm. Yeah. Well, we uh, I've had a lot of different dream teachers um, and then done, uh, led different dream groups over the years. Um, and we had a guest on our show, Robert Moss, who uh, wrote the book Active Dreaming and many, many, many other books. I met Robert in North Carolina at the Journey Conference, and we played together. Um, and he, I just really resonated with his Active Dreaming model because it fits my own, and that, and I'll, you know, reiterate that um, not only is it a playful model, it's all based dreams or play, but it's also uh, encourages and it encourages, um, meaning you need to have courage to do this, but to take playful action, um, what I call playful action. And so um, you have a dream. You, a dream comes to you in the middle of the night, which one did last night? The overfilling, almost overfilling bathtub that I had. Or the dream I had just before that where you, Steve, were an image in my dream and you were telling me that, you know, you had read my memoir and you and I got the, I knew that you valued that memoir and that, um, and I woke up feeling, of course, very called to what I'm doing because here this image, Steve Dahlberg said, I value this and you need to do this. And so that was part of my dream. On and on, lot all these years of dreams, each of those dreams, I'm called to do something. And it's up to me to determine what that is. I can paint it. I can write a poem. I can go out into nature and play with it. I can have a conversation. I can go back into the dream and meet again with Steve and find out more. I could be in another dream. I'm in the subway and, and I'm, and I can't find that I don't have a ticket. I can go back and find help, which I did, and I had lots of helpers to find that ticket for me. So that's what active dreaming is about. It's about play, and it's about sharing your dreams, 
So sharing, and it's about taking action. Mm, I love the combination there. Yeah, I love the combination of play. You know, sometimes we say we'll work with our dreams, but I love the way you're you're equally saying we'll play with our dreams, or more um, probably saying uh, play more than anything else. Let's play with this and just see what the possibilities are. I love the idea that you take some kind of action, um, whatever it may be, you know, as you say. Um, do you find that as you pay more attention to your dreams that um, you have more dreams? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, mm. Definitely. And if you've never, if you're like many people who say, I don't remember my dreams, well, mm. just start paying attention and they'll, yeah. come, they'll come. Yeah. I, I was, and would I that be? Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, Steve. I'm I'm crossing you there. Go ahead. I, I was just going. I'm picking up on the people who who say they can't remember dreams, and I was going to ask you about that because some people might say, "Well, I don't want to come to a workshop, or I don't want to do this kind of work or play about my dreams because I don't remember them, or I don't dream." So how how do you how do you? I know you just said pay attention for starters. How else do you help yeah. people sort of? Because some people, as as you know, my my wife and daughter both are extremely vivid, active dreamers, and and are, can often remember them and share them. I don't mm-hmm. find myself nearly as as active and as vivid as they do. So, you know, could somebody come to the workshop, for instance, that kind of says, "Well, I I don't really remember much of what happened in my my dreams and my head during the night." Could they still come and, and find something valuable from? exploring together and with others? Yes. Um, We've had an ongoing active dreaming group for the last three years, um, a virtual one where we meet from different parts of the world. Um, And in that group, even though we're all, um, we all have spent time with our dreams over for many years, there's still times when people in the group will say, gee, you know, I didn't really have any dreams or, no, I'm not going to share today or, oh, I just have a little fragment. And I'll say, well, share the fragment. And oftentimes that little, it's like a word, that becomes the biggest dive-in dream we've ever had. Or I'll say, I don't remember dream, well, what happened during your waking time? And bring up, Tell me, tell us a story about, you know, tell us a dream from your waking time. And that becomes our dream. Or, gee, on your drive yesterday, what did you, you know, did you notice a particular, and Robert talks about this in his book, look for a sign or a motto. So I look on, I used to go on the, I still go on the ferry quite a bit. So I'll look for a motto or a license plate. And that's my motto for the day. And that could be my dream. So you can't, or your daydreams, a daydream is a dream. So Mm -hmm. as I said, whether you're waking or sleeping, you're dreaming in my view. Mm -hmm. And everything Mm -hmm. is fuel. Everything is, um, can be shared as a dream. And it's up to you what that is. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that, kind of, gives, yeah. that gives your psyche permission to to have more night dreams as well. That's lovely. That it's really lovely. Um, I, you know, um, I, I, it really is kind of um, reminding me, like of the kind of the, the, the kind of the the older kind of shamanic kind of traditions and that where. Um, you know where the where dreaming was really valued, and the the kind of the more ancient kind of traditions in Greece and that that healing was associated with dreams. And it's lovely to feel that you know you're bringing this kind of um, capacity um, much more into the into the everyday world of people today, and making 
you know, it's it's not a kind of an esoteric and ancient pursuit only. You know what I mean? That it's it's contemporary and real. And if we listen and pay attention and um, you know gather in these kind of dream groups or dream circles or dream workshops, that um, we can start to be um, inspired by everything we see. You know, or you know, or by the most surprising things. I love that idea of a motto or a a number or a, you know just something you look around and you just see uh, and it just invites you to to pay attention in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a way when you're awake as well yeah I love it I just love the sound of it I wish I was in uh, Connecticut or in New York I wish I was there I said to see if it's a little bit far to travel for one <laughs> I know but we'll bring it to Ireland <laughs> yeah we, I ha- know we Robert, have to- Robert has probably been in Ireland. <laughs> Robert Moss, because he travels essentially. Um, that, um, yeah, we're, actually, I want to say that it's not so much of a workshop um, as it, well, it's going to be, it's a group. So we'll be sharing. What we'll be doing is meeting. Of course, I'll do a little introduction and all that kind of stuff. But um, basically, we are going to use the time to share our dreams. And, um, and that's where, and what happens when, you have an ongoing group is that, and even that one-time group, people will find that they will have more dreams, they'll have, that synchronicities will come up, and that people stay connected, uh, which we do in our, uh, over the, you know, the time, the last three years, we share our synchronicities during the week, meaning our meaningful coincidences come up because we've had, we've shared those dreams, or even the dreams we haven't shared, we learn later, Gosh, I had your dream. You had my dream. These images were shared. We had collective experiences, and in all of that, um, helps us each person to um, to move ahead in life, to learn, to have a greater life, to live the unlived life fully. Sure to create a life that comes from the heart, to play in the everyday, to really embrace life. And so, I mean, that's what it's about. And Carl Jung called that individuation. Yeah. It's funny because in my own work, when I work in groups in terms of creativity and writing, um, we'd often um, have a starting point, like a, an image or a prop or a piece of music or something. And it's very, very interesting that home, there's a kind of a collective deep listening that the same kind of themes will come up again and again um, mm-hmm. in the one group, you know. So it's like when we when we really sort of slow down, pay attention, connect at that level of heart, and speak, and maybe write from there, that um, we just uh, just we we, t- we tune into a very um, very deep energy that that's actually we're more connected than separate, and I just hear that in what you're saying about the dream group and the the synchronicities and the coincidences, and yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I have to pick up on that theme because last week my two year old walked into my office one morning and pulled a book off the shelf and came out with it, and it was a book called Synchronicity by David Peet, the physicist. <laughs> And, and opening to a page that yeah. talked about Jung's um, arguing that each person uh, is a result of equilibrium or balance between polarities and wanted me to read that little section. So I, I very much paid attention to it because I've been working on uh, 
promoting your events and pulling your themes together to, to share with other people. So it was a, a very fitting book to pull off, and it really actually gave <laughs> me some thoughts about wouldn't it be cool to have her pull a book off every day and see what passage comes to mind yeah. and I should be paying attention to. Yeah, actually, so there perhaps. is a there's bib- bibliotherapy to see where you and I do this with friends where we each open up the book and we find a line and then we share with each other and we usually I mean <laughs> we write from that place we came from it we move we dance it and it's yeah it it's we're we're we are again we're individual we have a personal experience but we're collective beings. Yeah. So my experience here is shared in Ireland, is shared in Ghana, is shared, you know, wherever in the world. So we're all, you just don't know how we're, I mean, there's so many levels of connection. And we are only, we only experience the tip of the iceberg. And I I think that, you know, that kind of exercise of, of using a line from a book, whether you choose it yourself or it's chosen for you, perhaps as you know, one of these kinds of waking dreaming you were just describing a few minutes ago, it's a way to to play with an idea throughout the day that that uh, might sink into our heads and perhaps become part of our sleeping dreaming as well. Oh uh, yes, well, I, I actually have, I've had the experience where uh, the book actually flies off the shelf many times in front of me. There it is. <laughs> We're going to hear that same chronicity, but exactly. In the uh, couple minutes we have left here, um, maybe just picking up on this idea of of action connected to our dreams. You know, we we talked about the theme of of this work that you're doing coming from Robert Moss is is active dreaming, and I think sometimes we might perceive dreams as something very passive because they happen in our sleep, and you know, it's just sort of it's in the past because you know it happened last night. Um, and not necessarily connecting all of that to something much more than in the past and passive that it that it can be active. And so, you know, as, as you've, you've mentioned a little bit, p- part of the goal of this is to not just interpret images, but to actually move toward action. So say a little bit more about that part of it and, and how, how does that happen and how will you help people in the workshop, for instance, come from a describing of what that dream might have been to doing something with it. Yeah, so what we we go through a process uh which uh, Robert uh details in his active dreaming book, but we we start by um at, I'll ask a few questions um about the dream once it's shared and then um, we move into um you know, what is how are you going to honor how are you going to honor the dream? That's the most important question. Um, you know, what I might ask, what title you're going to give the dream? Is there some questions you want to know answers to about what happened in the dream? Are there people that you know in the dream? Does this dream reflect what's happening in waking life or is it totally something you've never seen before, which often happens or you think you've never seen before? All those kind of things. And then, but the the most important thing is the sharing and the action. And it can be as simple as, um, you know, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do a little drawing in my journal following the dream. I'm going to share the dream with another, to another person. I'm going to, 
I'm going to make an intention to remember my dreams the next night. I'm going to look for a motto that fits with this dream. And I mean, there's so many different ways. I'm going to write a, short, a haiku that reflects my dream. And that gives permission for more dreams to come. But in terms of um, present tense, I, ought, I, I encourage people to write their dreams in the present tense. So in the, in the dream group, if somebody's speaking from the past tense, I'll say, could you please tell us that dream in the present tense? And it totally changes the tone. It makes it really everybody in the now, present, accounted for, <laughs> and very playful. And then um, an example is um, I had a dream with Robert. Robert as an image. Uh, after I had my time, in-person time with him, I had a dream where he came up from the depths of the water. And he was, you know, his skin was all kind of scaly and everything. And I looked, um, there was a mountain, and I could see through the mountain and... Um, it was coming out kind of like Scotland, the highlands come out of the sea, and I could see inside, and there was this, this civilization inside this mountain, and um, I had had other dreams before that that led up to this, and I could see what I couldn't see before, and that led, one thing led to another, and so that dream has followed me all the way till now, and doing what I'm, you know, offering uh Robert's work and active dreaming and my own, you know, integrating it with my own work. And, I, and I'm going to have to ask you to share the, the end of it with us in person next week because I have to say thank you. So oh, good. We're, we're, we we've come to the past end as always. So first of all, Anne O'Reilly, thank you for joining us from Ireland to, to guest host with us today as we interview Mary Alice. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Anne. And, and Mary and Mary Alice, thank you for joining us on Creativity and Play as guest today. Mary Alice is founder of Play Equals Peace, and she'll be performing and leading workshops in Connecticut at the end of October, and you can find more information about these events at appliedimagination.org. Our theme music is Kindergarten, composed and performed by Jonathan Batiste, and you can listen to this show and previous shows again and find more information about our guests and sign up to be notified about future shows at creativityandplay.com. Creativity and Play is a production of the International Center for Creativity and Imagination in partnership with the National Creativity Network. I'm Steve Dahlberg. And I'm Anne O'Reilly. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.